The following podcast is a Rock Corps Radio production. Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of The Sci-Files, only available on Rotten Corpse Radio. My name is Jamie, and tonight we'll be discussing Highlander, the movies, the series, our opinions, which are subjective to the fact that they are our opinions and representative of nothing else. In this episode, I'm joined by Danny and Axel as we attempt not to lose our heads. So sit back. Buckle in and enjoy. So, let's start with Axel. Science fiction or fantasy fiction? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Now, I'm trying to play moderator here, so let's elaborate. (laughs) Starting from nice. (laughs) I think it's both, actually. Why? Well, you know, you watch the series and, well, I mean, taking the movies into account, if if you take the second movie into account, then you've got the sci-fi element there. Um, If you take the first movie, just the first movie, then the third movie, which I think should have been renamed Highlander the Apology. <laughs> then you got your 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 fantasy, you know, element there. I lean towards fantasy, but I I can say that it's got elements of both. Now, would that be because of all the in love scenes they've thrown into every single movie, or because of the sword fighting? Well, I mean, like, with the uh, fantasy fiction, I mean, that right there you've just got, like, the immortality factor in general, that, you know, that alone is goes right, right into the fantasy area. But then, I mean, look, look at the quickening process. Motherfuckers are getting lit up. Yeah, I mean, didn't somebody recently Highlander themselves with the power pole or power line? I mean, if you live through that, you know you're immortal, right? (laughs) You must be. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure, you know, that that right there gets you into, like, more of the science fiction. So what do you, what elements of the film do you think are more science-related. Actually, she just said it, the quickening process. I think the the taking of uh, the, the power of each individual that you defeat... And the knowledge. 
Yeah, and the knowledge. That's a that's kind of like a, a lightning rod theory right there. I mean, you cut off somebody's head and this explosion of energy comes out and where's it going to go but to the nearest lightning rod? And the immortals, each and of themselves, are lightning rods well, to each other. Well, wouldn't that mean that if you took someone's head and some, another immortal who's standing closer then would get it? No, because the, the mortals are not lightning rods. No, They're, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, yeah, it could happen that way. In fact, it does happen in one of the episodes of the series. I do believe. When it comes to the fantasy fiction, okay, yeah, they're, they're taking each other's heads, they're trying to get the, this great prize, but have you ever noticed a lot of the sword fighting looks more like ballet choreography than actual sword fighting? I, I know a little bit about fencing, I know what it means to parry and repast and, you know, I've got a pretty mean rolling cross, but most of the time, and it's not till, till the end of the series that they actually show people actually do something that doesn't look like you can time it with a metronome. What's your opinion? Uh, I actually am a sword fighter. Well, an approximation of sword fighting through the Society for Creative Anachronisms. I've SCA. done SCA, yeah, what they've done what they've done heavy fighting for I've done heavy fighting for like 20 years so you know watching the, sh the movie uh, they did some actual valid moves in, in the fighting even if it was choreographed uh, it was still very very valid I mean it could you could get hurt if you didn't know what you were doing very easily yes but the point was that it, you could literally time the moves with a um, metronome. They were so sequenced in most of the films. Not the I don't, all of them. It's been a while since I've seen the films, but earlier, just for fun, I went and rewatched the first episode of the, of the series. And I, that stuff was definitely timeable to a metronome easily oh, yeah. even like the throws into the other characters like where they're supposed to connect you can tell that they're not no, but no. it did it did it, it did get better later on and i think the movies did a much better job going in depth like both choreography wise and graphically yeah but it has to be choreographed in a television show of course, well, yeah. Hurt. Yeah. It's like a dance, and you know that's very true. But well, sword fighting itself. Yeah, I think <laughs> Danny's point is that you can tell they were pulling their their shots or pulling their punches a lot more than they should. Yes, it seemed like there wasn't enough follow through watching the movie. Because even a glancing blow, you can actually knock somebody off their feet. And that's, you didn't even hit them, you hit their sword just 
took advantage of them being slightly off balance for a few moments. Right. But, but you know, it, it, did, it did get better later on, and I do give everybody props, like, in the movies and the shows, just for, you know, it, it, was, it was amazing to grow up with that shit, and it really inspired me to want to get into sword fighting and stuff. Yeah, so what do you think of the ideology behind the prize? There can be only one. You know, it kind of makes friendships hard among immortals. If you know eventually they're going to be like, after that prize, want the prize, considering it costs you your, your immortality. I don't know. I mean, I think of Connor and Duncan when you ask that in... But if I remember right, Connor. Duncan ended up killing Connor. You know, Connor sacrificed himself so that they could beat, who was it, Cole? I can't, I can't remember who they're going up against, but I know that Connor, you know, ended up sacrificing himself so that Duncan could, like, continue on and defeat him and all that. And I kind of, like, wonder at, at some point, don't you think that you would just reach like an age where possibly you're okay with letting someone else continue the fight. I, I, I can't really say how I'd approach it because I don't know how old I'd be or anything, but I mean, it definitely would make friendships among, uh, you know, yourself with not just other immortals, but everybody rather interesting because you definitely have to approach things, you know, differently. Well, I probably avoid other immortals as much as possible and surround myself with the latest and greatest technological uh, devices and weapons because I would be carrying Uzis, machine guns, and everything, and if somebody came near me with a sword, I'd be blowing them away with a gun repeatedly. Sometimes. You would be the one who would... Just fill your shoes with holy soil, you know, holy ground, so that no matter where you walk, you're on holy ground. Nobody can fight you. I actually, you know, since you mentioned that, I have to say that that was a horrible inconsistency in the series and the movies and whatnot, where they mentioned what happens when you kill an immortal on holy ground, and somebody said, and one of the other guys says, uh, yeah, you remember Pompeii? But in the in the end game one where they're taking on where Connor sacrifices himself, uh, they fight on holy ground and Yeah, it is a rather inconsistent thing, especially when you look at the T V series. They have so many episodes where there's two immortals actually fighting on holy ground. And it doesn't seem to have any different effect than if they're fighting anywhere else. The swords yeah. do the um, unnatural sparky thing. You know, it doesn't seem to really truly honestly matter. Well, I didn't see anything in the series where uh, the swords lit up or did anything other than what a sword does. Um, chunks out of solid concrete. Um, well, that, I just, I just watched. Owned a few swords that have been capable of going through the ID of a car, but 
Oh yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah, but to take huge chunks out of a concrete pillar and keep going and get stuck in a concrete pillar, eh, not so much. Yeah, no, I'm watching these things right now slice through stuff that the types of steel, I mean, thickness and stuff, these swords would have would have been done for. Especially if they were made the way they advertise in the series. It's supposed to be traditionally forged material. So, wouldn't there have to be some kind of fantasy component attached to either the person holding it or the sword itself? Maybe their own energy channeled into the swords? And they don't ever specify that? Or how about the fact that at least one of the immortals had a sword that was forged with a technique which wasn't developed for at least another thousand years after its carbon date was supposed to be. And that's, I think that's accurate for what the um, first movie showed when they actually found chunks of it in a concrete pillar that it had allegedly chopped its way into. See, that I can explain. That can be explained with things in our past. Um, who was the first person to invent that process or that technique? And when, what time frame was it that that technique became common or popular or uh, at least widespread enough to attain notice. That's the difference between a, a technique could have been around for hundreds of years before history recognizes it as being, hey, this is when this technique was common. Yeah, but don't you love how they describe it as being the same as discovering a Boeing 747 in the Stone Age? I say that they found swords forged from materials used by the Greek gods. <laughs> and that's what I'm speaking nice. to. <laughs> you know, they had already gone and left at this point and said, and said we're done fucking with humanity, and they just kind of took what was left over. <laughs> or, well, you know, they, they all were from the planet Zeist, and maybe one of them had a memory that you know, wouldn't go away from the planet's heist since they were aliens in effect anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, but haven't you noticed planet Zeist also looks like planet Doom? So I'm wondering if the spice had something to do with that. <laughs> or some wacky weed that they had that we don't? Well, that's what the spice would be. Right? Yeah, but you got to make sure to avoid the worms when you do it. Or wait, it comes Ooh. from the worms. Sorry. See, so, yeah, just imagine you've got to milk a large worm to get your fix. Have you ever drank tequila? <laughs> hey, explain to me this, guys. I'm watching Endgame, or at least the scene where Duncan slices fucking Connor's head off. And there's just, there's, it doesn't even show, like, like the liking that you're just, like, Pure white fucking light. I had to ask. I was watching and went, huh? Ha haven't you noticed that white light? It kind of looks like it's funneling down, like when you look at the toilet. Weren't there aliens in part two? And 
In the movies, yeah. In the second movie was all about them being from Planet Zeist. So we don't discuss the second movie. These things don't exist. Yeah, and the second movie gets into the quickening. Okay, how uh, Ramirez somehow joined himself to Connor with the quickening by sticking his hand in his bowl. Wasn't that the second movie? It, and then after uh, Connor kills somebody, he calls Ramirez back and then, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. Ramirez comes back in the second movie and doesn't stick around very long because Sean Connery said this is a bunch of bullshit and wanted out. I always <laughs> thought it was because they didn't pay Sean Connery enough to stick out through the whole movie. <laughs> I prefer to think he has a little bit of integrity. However, they did spin off this lovely, lovely cartoon where they had this new uh, McLeod, I mean McLeod. Quentin McLeod. The universe. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts on that? <laughs> nope. I'm gonna, have done it. I, I yes. think I'm going to have to watch it since it's an anime. Just so that I can say that I have. It's like only it happens slower. <laughs> so much more painful. I gotta ask is every who everybody's favorite character is. Like from either the show or the movie movies. Connor. That's easy. <laughs> uh, He's like Connor. Actually, I think the um, character of Duncan McLeod was probably my favorite, but as for actor-wise, the, the kid they brought into the Highlander series. See? Yeah. I actually thought he was a pretty cool guy just as the, just the actor. I actually yeah. liked him better. I really liked, like, Duncan character-wise, but, like, just overall personality, my favorite was Joe. I love Joe. Oh, yeah. Who couldn't love Joe? <laughs> Reminds me of a disgruntled cool. teddy bear you just want to hug. <laughs> <laughs> just a disgruntled teddy bear with a limp? <laughs> well, yeah, but that was only his leg. Yeah, I know. I mean, if you... Remember the series, it seemed to be that that was the only part of him that had that issue. And he did have his fair share of women throughout the series. Oh yeah, dude, Joe was a pet. Yeah, and speaking of him, what do you think about the um, involvement of the Watchers? It seemed like it was something they kind of invented to add in, but then it made it into the movies. Telemasco. <laughs> you know, that's been a common thing in a lot of stuff. Yeah, the Talamuskins in the vampire novels, uh, the Watchers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, yeah, they, I, I, I think it was just a plot device, really. Honestly, I would like to pose this question to both of you. The Watchers from Highlander seem to me to be comparable to the Men in Black. You know, from UFO mythology, and then they had their own movie. But honestly, what would you say about that? 
It could be comparable. I mean, they watch, they document, and then they cover up the aftermath. That does sound like the men in black. What if they're all librarians? Oh, God, could you imagine? The men in black are really librarians in disguise? <laughs> so what's your opinion on that, Axel? Men in black librarians? I'm not sure. What do you think of all this? I'm, I'm not sure what to think. <laughs> We've blown Axel's mind. Oh my God. Do you have an answer for that? <laughs> do we need to take time for it to reboot? No, no, I'm good. We can go on. Five, four, three, two, one. Restart. <laughs> We've kind of covered inadvertently your favorite moments and Axel's favorite moments from the movies. What would you say from the um, first TV series, Highlander? What are your favorite moments? Bull from Night Court was also in there as a bad guy. Oh, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Bull Shannon, for an actor, he is one. No, that's, that's Richard Maul. I mean, have you seen the things he's played in? He's got a very broad range, and it was kind of impressive to see him playing a bad guy after seeing him play Gomer Pyle slash um, uh, Bailiff. The... I, I like him as Bull. Uh, oh, so what, what did what you say the, the actor's name was? Of sword? It's Richard Maul, isn't it? Yeah, it's Richard Maul. Yeah. yeah, he played Bull Shannon on the show of yeah. Night Court. Okay, that's what threw me off was the last name. My bad. And what, what do you think about him firing that mystical bullet out of the bottom of his sword? On that, it was very lame. They just should have avoided it. <laughs> Like, what the fuck the were they thinking? Seriously, I... Off in the whole movie. What do you think, Axel? I honestly don't remember that he shot a bullet out of the sword to tell you the yeah, truth. Yeah, dude, that, that's what knocked Connor off the fucking bridge when, they, when they're fighting. Very first episode. Did you think it was bad gas that he used against him? <laughs> I don't... I haven't seen the series in, like, for so long that I don't remember <laughs> But yeah, no, they, they, they should have avoided that, that shit. It, they could have done something else. He just should have loaded a trank dart with Beano. I don't know if I really have, like, actual favorite moments other than in the very first episode when Connor walks in and Duncan said his little spiel and Connor's all, no, I'm Connor McLeod from the Clan McLeod. Same clan. Different vintage. different vintage. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just like the best thing ever. <laughs> and, and it's sad because like I watch it, but yet all I hear is like Raiden saying this for some reason. <laughs> my oh, my favorite scene comes right after that where um, Connor looks at Duncan, looks at his girlfriend <laughs> and goes, is she with you? Good choice. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Something along those lines, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all nice. Duncan's got the best women. <laughs> Always I the think, best. I think my favorite part of the series was that it had absolutely nothing to do with aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could you imagine Highlander with aliens bursting out of their chest? <laughs> That'd be well, cool. No, I mean, I mean with them being aliens from planet Zeist. <laughs> um, can I also add, like, any time that, like, a musical artist got to come on as one of the guest stars? Because there's a whole lot of them. Uh, Air for not movies should have ended with the fourth movie. Now, it's really, to me, not much of a question. Honestly, I don't have the fifth movie, but from what everyone has told me, I'm not missing much. So, for me, this isn't a question. That was the end of the series. So It, it actually wasn't. There was another uh, Highlander movie. Yeah, but I'm it's saying stars. I don't acknowledge that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. There, there was a conclusion movie. It was interesting, though. It wasn't the best, but it was entertaining. And they wrapped it up like, all right, the way they did it. Yeah, I'm trying to find the name of the final movie, what it was called. I just know the source, and I think there was... Yeah, Highlander the Source. Yeah. The sauce. The sauce. (laughs) Seems to fit, fit, right? I actually haven't seen that one. Oh, you're not missing anything. You're really not, but it's it's a it's an all right edition. I mean, did they explain the source? Not really. They kind of left that to be as subjective as they could. Yeah, they kind of left it open to your opinion about it, but they hinted. Has anybody seen the Raven series spinoff? Oh. Yeah, I only saw the first episode of it and decided I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> I think that's why it only got one season. <laughs> I didn't know it had more than four episodes. <laughs> but it did exist. Yes, but not for long. So how would you grade the entire upgrade the entire series? Well, we could use Glade for some of the series, but that's only to cover up. <laughs> Which series are we talking about, like, multiple, one, singular, like, what, what the? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just going to glade the whole thing, I mean, grade the whole thing. So Highlander in general. Yep. A plus. A plus. So that's how high you think she was when he landed her? <laughs> I give it an A. I don't think it, it rated the plus. Uh, they could they could have done better effects wise. I'll, I'll I'll give it that. I think I actually do have to agree with them. Effects wise, especially on this series, add some blood, guys. What is it too much to ask for? Maybe a head rolling off or two. Yeah, I mean there, there there's a few things they could have done. I mean, honestly, I I, I would 
have to give it a B or at least about 10,000 feet, you know, <laughs> because it, it just seemed like some of the writing was done by a special ed and the other seemed to have been performed by, but it played so well together. <laughs> tune in next week as we become a more, uh, tune in next week as we become more of a freak as we continue these five files. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr at RottenCoastENT. You can also find our shows free and available for download, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. To find all things disturbing and beyond, RottenCoastRadio.com. Dot com. Dot com. Error. Error. Error.